Okay, this is the fourth week uh, that we've been talking about making good decisions. And so uh, the series has been titled, I Choose. And today we're going to talk about choosing the important over the urgent. Now, you may not see any difference in those, but by the time we finish today, I think you'll clearly understand the distinction. As a review from uh, previous messages in this series, uh, today we are the sum total of all the decisions that we have made in our lives up to this point. You are where you are, uh, you are who you are, because of the decisions that you have made. And so the decisions that we make today will impact who we will be, who will we, we will become, and what we can do, what we can accomplish in the future. You sometimes wish there was more time to do something that was really important. If, if you ever find yourself in that position, let me raise your hand. Okay, uh, most of us feel that way. Um, actually, virtually everybody I know would say that they wish they had more time to rest, uh, more time to read, more time to spend with their kids or their spouse, or to garden, fish, or whatever. You wish you had more time to do something that's really important, but if you're like most people, you've got the yard to mow, you've got dishes to do, chores to complete, a work project, bills to pay, kids to pick up, and get that Instagram caption just right. You wish you had more time to do something, but you just don't have enough time. Whenever I ask people how they're doing, the most common response that I get from people is, I'm busy. You know, most everybody I meet says, I'm busy. Um, you know, I've never uh, can recall in my lifetime the response, oh, I'm relaxed. You know, or I, I'm just chilled out. Um, I'm enjoying quality time with my family. Uh, life is easy. I've never had anybody give me any of those responses. Now, I can't prove this from a theological standpoint, but I think if Satan can't make you bad, I think he's satisfied to make you busy. Now, give, that, give some thought to that. Busy doing things that really don't matter in the grand scheme of important things with God. Now, we all have time for what we choose to have time for. Now, I know, right offhand, some of you want to argue with me that, you know, you just, you do not have the time, but you choose how you're going to spend your time. Anytime I say, I wish I had time to do something in particular, the problem is, I'm actually choosing to do something else instead. Now, it is important for us to choose the important over the urgent. Now, with God's help, he will empower me to choose that which is most important over the urgent. Now, many of you will say, oh, hey, 
urgent things are important or urgent things are always important. Uh, but I want to kind of bring a little bit of distinction between uh, important and urgent to your attention. Uh, urgent things are not always important. Um, there's a difference, and I'll give you a few examples. If you're a business owner, and you know, you're on one side of the counter, and you have an upset customer on the other side of the counter, dealing with that customer right then and there on the spot, that's urgent, right? You got to take care of it. I mean, uh, if you expect for this person to do business with you in the future, then yes, you know, you've, you've, got, to, you've got to do something uh, to try to reconcile whatever the issue is. So everybody agrees that you've got to do that, but creating systems in your business to keep cu customers from getting upset is more important. Because that takes away all of those urgencies of dealing with upset customers. So we have two issues. One is urgent and the other is important. Okay, let me give you another example. If your car engine needs repairing because you didn't change the oil, it is urgent to get your car repaired, right? You've got to go to work tomorrow. You know, you've got to get here. You've got to go between points A and B. So you have to get your car fixed. That, that is urgent. But what is changing the engine oil? That urgency could have been prevented. Changing your oil is important. Okay, let's say you're really, really, really sick because you didn't take care of yourself. Uh, you didn't get enough sleep. You're overwhelmed. Uh, you're clearly trying to do too much. Going to the doctor to get treatment for being sick is urgent, um, but taking care of your body so you don't get sick is important. So you see, if you do the important, you can avoid uh, the urgency. Seth Godin, who's um, uh, a best-selling Christian author, says, if you choose what is important... You won't deal with as many things that are urgent, but the opposite is never, ever true. Reduce the urgent by doing what is important. Okay, this is a sermon, so we're going, we're going to go to the Bible here, and there's a classic example of this in Scripture. Uh, it, it involves two sisters uh, Mary and Martha. Now, I'm going to upset some of you um, when we talk about them, but just take a pill and you'll get over it. Um, don't, don't listen to me. Listen to Jesus, okay? Um, I'll always give you that clarification. Uh, all right. Luke chapter 10. Oh, yeah, you might have noticed we don't have a, uh, uh, an outline on the, on the uh, PowerPoint today. And that's because of me having to deal with the urgent. <laughs> because I previously didn't adequately deal with the important. Now, there, that's a long story, but if you, if you feel like you have to hear it, I'll be glad to tell you the rest of it. 
after the service. But otherwise, you've got an outline, so you follow along. The answers aren't up there like they normally are, so you might have to pay closer attention or else just forget the outline thing today, whichever you choose to do. But anyway, we're going to talk about uh, Martha and Mary. It's in Luke chapter 10, beginning with verse 38. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. She had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. But Martha was distracted by all the preparations that had to be made. She came to him and asked, Lord, don't you care that my sister has left me to do the work by myself? Tell her to help me. Martha, Martha, the Lord answered, you are worried and upset about many things. But only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. Okay, so how many of you are married? Or how many of you are Marys? Not very many. How many of you are Marthas? I think most people, even males, now I see a, a low number of males raising their hands, okay, Forget the sexual distinction between males and females. Um, Mary and Martha represent two people types, not two feminine people types, but two people types. So, I, I mean, I, I find myself tending to be that way uh, a great deal of the time. Well, Martha was so overwhelmed by the urgent that she missed out on what was most important. Now, if you're Martha, she's going to say uh, getting everything together, getting this meal together is the most important. Uh, now, let me ask you, if you had some very important company park outside on the street in front of your house, get out of the car and start walking up the sidewalk, very important people that you were not expecting now, this is Jesus and his entourage of 12 disciples coming up to Martha's door unexpectedly, and she opens the door, and it's Allah, it's Jesus. So, you know, what would you do? You, if you saw them coming up the sidewalk, you'd be throwing stuff in the closet, under the bed, stuffing everything into a a room that you could close the door so nobody could see inside. Um, you know, you'd be rushing together, trying to get a meal together because, you know, you're hospitable. And, you know, that's the thing to do in a situation like that. So that's Martha. So, you know, we too, I think, would get somewhat flustered uh, in such a situation. But what happens is Martha's doing it all by herself. Mary is sitting on the floor at the feet of Jesus, listening to his every word. And so she's disgusted. And so she appeals, uh, she appeals to Jesus, expecting him to take her side and straighten out Mary's priorities. Martha, the scripture said, was distracted by all the preparations. Martha basically begs for Jesus to reprimand her sister, you know, put her in her place, 
Now, if this happened to you, you were in this scenario, okay, now I'm going to find out who the real Marthas are out there. How many of you would be frustrated? Okay, we have some honest people. In the con- I'm glad to see that we have some honest Most of us would be frustrated. Um, I, gotta, I remember one time I couldn't find my car keys. I mean, I searched the house over. I looked everywhere. I went out to the car, looked in the ignition. They weren't there. I even accused Gina of intentionally hiding them from me. And they were in my pocket. Now, why would I admit something like that to you? Well, it's much cheaper than therapy. You know, to go ahead, I'll get it all out there. Um, it, I, you know, you have to understand that I too am a work in progress, and uh, I try to deal with these situations uh, as I become uh, aware of them. She said of the preparations, and it's in the text, that they had to be made. In other words, Martha saw this as urgent. So, because it was urgent, she had to deal with it on the spot. Martha then tattles on her sister. She's left me to do all the work by myself. Don't you care, Jesus? I mean, that's what she's saying. Kind of a bold question. You know, don't you care? Tell her to help me out. Because of her distraction, she failed to hear much of what Jesus said. But guess who heard what Jesus said? Mary, her sister, because she was focused on the important. While Martha was distracted by the urgent. Yeah, so there was Mary, sitting at the feet of Jesus, listening to every word he spoke. Now, Mary considered what Jesus had to say as important. And based on Jesus' response to Martha, obviously it was. I mean, he saw it that way. How many of you, and let me rephrase this, I want to make it more personal, and you don't have to raise your hands, I don't want to incriminate anybody. Have you been significantly distracted in life from that which is most important? Now, you've got to come through with your definition of what is most important. How many of you have been faithfully pursuing the urgent but neglecting that which is most important? In fact, I've put in your notes a question here. Um, it's in it's in um, bold it's in bold letters. Uh, what is the most important thing you've been distracted from pursuing or doing? Give some thought to that. Um, you've only got outline on the front of your page, so you can write on the back if you want to write something down. Maybe it's time with God. Maybe your response would be time with the kids or time with your spouse. Uh, or, or maybe you, you have a, a desk job and so you don't get a lot of exercise. Maybe uh, it's 
a workout. Um, maybe it's reading. Maybe it's journaling. Maybe it's worship. Yeah, you're not faithful to the Lord every week. Um, maybe it's your involvement in ministry inside the church, outside the church, in the community. Um, do first what matters most. Do first what matters most. Now, some of you would have to say, honestly, I've, I've been distracted from, from spending time with Jesus. I haven't, I haven't always put him first. Um, I haven't spent intimate time feeding on his word. I haven't aligned my heart with his heart. Some of you would say, I'm so busy doing things for my children, I actually haven't enjoyed my kids. I haven't made a real investment in them. Some of you would have to admit that you've been child-centered parents, and that culturally that's the accepted thing, but biblically it's not. Family is supposed to be marriage-centered, husband-wife-centered, not child-centered. So, you know, you need to develop a Christian or a biblical worldview. Your whole life revolves around your kids, and consequently, what have you neglected? Maybe you've neglected the marriage. Maybe you've neglected your spouse, which is the rock that should hold the family together and because you're so busy doing for the kids, you've neglected that which would actually strengthen and nourish your kids spiritually. You neglected your relationship with each other. Some of you would say, you know, I've neglected my physical body. There's so much going on. There's so many urgent things that I, I haven't had time to eat right or eat better. Fast food is convenient. And who has time to work out? There's so many things going on in my life, I don't have time to exercise. Well, I'd love to walk every day, but I just can't get into it. I can't get to it. For some of you, it would be not something external like these things that I've mentioned, but something internal, uh, perhaps an addiction, perhaps a habit or a reoccurring sin that you need to deal with, confess, get help with, but you neglect it. It is really important, but you have so many more urgent things going on in your life. Look back at the text. Martha, Martha, you are worried and upset about many things. But few things are needed. Indeed, Jesus says, only one. Now, you've got kids to pick up at school. You've got kids to take to soccer. You've got kids to take to music lessons, a birthday party, diapers to change, dinner to fix, dishes and clothes to wash. You're worried and upset about many, many things. But Jesus says that few things are needed. Indeed, only one. Then notice what he says. 
Back in the text, Mary has chosen what is better. And it will not be taken away from her. See, that's what Martha wanted Jesus to do. He wanted, she wanted him to step in and say, uh, you know, Mary, you get up from my feet and, you, you know, you go help Martha uh, with the preparations. But Jesus said it will not be taken away from her. So you see, both sisters made a choice, but Mary, Jesus said, made the better choice. So verse 42 of the text says, but only one thing is needed. Mary has chosen what is better, and it will not be taken away from her. I think that would be a great life verse for all of us to choose what is better, which is time spent at the feet of Jesus. Time well spent. Martha surrendered to the urgent. Mary chose what was important. Now, if we're not intentional about this, the urgent will crowd out the important in our lives. It happens all the time. We have a choice. We choose what we have time for. Now that's why with the help of God, we'll choose that which is important over that which is urgent. Now, honestly, I don't always get this right. Don't think that because I'm preaching that I'm the expert here because that's not true. I am still a work in progress just like you. But all of us are going to have to put forth the effort. Okay, let's apply this whole thing. Choosing the important over the urgent. What, what do we mean? How do we do that? I'm going to give you three suggestions um, that will empower you to choose that which is most important. Okay, number one, create artificial deadlines. Now you're going to think, what? That's, that sounds stupid. Artificial, that means not real. Yes, not real. Um, fake, yes, it's fake. Um, it's exactly what it sounds like. It's not a real deadline. But let me say that they are widely used in time and energy management as well as in leadership circles. Now, let me give you an example. When is my weekly message, my sermon, due? When is it due? When, am I, when do I have to have it done? Okay, uh, I, I preach the first service at 8.30, so I mean I've got to have it at 8.30 Sunday morning. Okay, is that the best time for me to have it done? Well, Obviously, it's good for me to have it done by then, but uh, should I wait till then to have it done? Well, um, in my mind, it's actually due earlier because I've, I've set for myself an artificial deadline. Now, I don't always keep it, but I try to. And that is noon on Wednesdays. Now, you say, wow, Wednesday, that's a long time before Sunday. You know, why, why, why have you set that as the deadline? Well, because if our worship leaders know the content of my sermon, it's easier for them 
uh, to pick out appropriate music for the worship service that leads up to the sermon. And so, you know, we have a, a perfect, even flow, and, you know, we don't get this jerky action like we're doing this, now we're doing that. It just all flows together, all supports uh, each, each other. So the reason, they, they need that information. Well, this service, the worship team practices on Wednesday night. So if I'm done by uh, lunchtime on Wednesday, I can email a copy of my sermon, the whole text, uh, to the, the whole manuscript to them, and they can look through it and pick out appropriate songs. The first service, uh, they, they meet on Thursday night. So, you know, once again, if I have it done by Wednesday lunchtime, then they're able to do the same thing. And, you know, really, it's one of the most important things I do because, you know, I'm preaching to uh, between 100 and 200 people, and so, you know, I'm speaking the Word of God into that many people's lives, and so that's really important. That's more important than marriage counseling, you know, which is one-on-two, uh, or somebody who has a personal problem who comes in, it's one-on-one. Uh, so you, you, see what I'm, you see what I'm saying. Um, so, and, you know, since it's so important, why would I put it off to the last minute? Well, and so if I meet my deadline, my artificial deadline of Wednesday at lunchtime, uh, it frees me up to do other important things during the week. But if I allow urgencies to creep in and fill my schedule every day of the week, then it pushes me until sometimes it is almost Sunday morning, 8.30 a.m. before I get finished. So, so you see, it's, it's better to do what's important first, um, and then it gives me more, more free time to do other things. For any of us, if we procrastinate and put off important tasks until the end of the day or the end of the week, we open the door for all those urgencies to creep in. Now, that's exactly what we do. Uh, this way, we have plenty of time to take care of all the important tasks that come up. Remembering the more important things we do, the fewer urgencies will pop up. I, go back, I refer back to the examples I gave you at the beginning of the message. Um, a lot of times, if we take care of the important things, the urgencies go away. All your priorities should be placed on your calendar because your priorities are what's important. Good, adequate planning will force you to delegate things um, that somebody else could do and you really don't need to do yourself. So you give it away. It forces you to make faster decisions and it causes you to be more productive. So those are all good reasons for you to create artificial deadlines. Second, be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. A lot of us end up saying yes too many times. And so we allow all the interruptions in our day to take over our schedule. Um, so be selective about your yeses. Be incredibly careful and prayerful 
about everything, anything and everything that you say yes to. For most people today, the barrier to a meaningful life, now this is in the eyes of God, a meaningful life is not a lack of commitment, but it's actually over-commitment. Yeah. Yeah, we, we hear a lot about lack of commitment. You know, people don't come to church because of the lack of commitment. It's not a lack of commitment, it's over-commitment. The majority of people are doing way, 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 way too much of the wrong things. Okay, there's the over-commitment. How are you? Oh, I'm busy. Preacher, I'm busy. I just don't have time to do everything. Busyness is not productivity. And busyness does not mean fulfillment. Most people need to start a to-don't list, okay? Most of you have a to-do list, but you need a to-don't list. Um, The most successful people will tell you that they say no, even to good opportunities all the time, so that they can say yes to the best opportunities. Which is better, good or best? Obviously, best. Best is always best. You can't do it all. The best leaders do not do more. They do more of what matters most. And that's the important over the urgent. The best and most effective followers of Jesus do more, listen to this, of what brings glory to God. Yeah, so get your to-do list. Get list. You have to be careful, you know. I have to be careful with my gestures here. I, at least I didn't make a mess. I could have. Um, yeah, I lost my train of thought there, too. Okay, the best leaders don't do more. They do more of what brings glory to God. So... In your to-do list, in your list of priorities, look and see what of those items brings glory to God. And you'll find out where your overcommitment is, and you'll find out that it's not with God. So do first what matters the most. In our text, time with Jesus, according to Jesus, matters most. You know... When it comes to our diet, Jesus should be the main course. But he's not even a side dish for most people. He's barely a snack. Is that you? Did I just describe you? Uh, Please don't get upset with me. Um, Change. You can change it. Uh, You have the power. You know, the fact is, most people are living a life of trivial pursuits. Look at your life. Look at what you do from day to day. Is that descriptive of your life? Well, you can change it. Jesus said of Mary's choice, it will not be taken away from her. We need to seek Jesus first in our lives 
But most of us do not, even those of us who claim to be followers of Jesus. Are you aligning your heart with his kingdom every day? Are you seeking Jesus first in the mornings? Is his word a regular part of your life? Are you adding more and more to the outside of your life, crowding out the most important things of Jesus on the inside? In the Sermon on the Mount, Matthew chapter 6, verse 33, Jesus said, but seek first his kingdom, talking about his Father, and his righteousness, and all these things will be given to you as well. He's talking about all the necessities of life. God will take care of you. If you look after God, you do the things of God, God's going to take care of you. Most people are seeking everything else first. Choose Jesus because you need Jesus every day. When we do more of what's important, then we'll have fewer things that are urgent pop up in our lives. But the flip side is never, ever true. Mary chose what was better. Jesus said it would not be taken away from her. You have a choice with your life and your time. You have time for what you choose to have time for. You can make excuses or you can make progress, but you can't do both. If you choose that which is most important, then there won't be as many things that are urgent but the opposite is never true. Martha was distracted by urgent things. Mary chose what was most important, and Jesus said it would never be taken away from her. That's why, with the help of Jesus, who we choose every day, every single day, who we seek every single day, with his help, we will choose the important over the urgent. Now, speaking of important, our relationship with Jesus is absolutely important. It is absolutely essential if we expect to go to heaven, uh, live in eternal bliss versus the opposite, which is live in eternal torment. Jesus wants everybody saved. The Bible says that God is long-suffering, not willing that any should perish. That's why Jesus hasn't come back yet. Maybe he's waiting for you to make that decision to accept him. Well, it's decision time. We're going to sing our song of decision. And if, if you have a decision to make, we want you to seriously consider that. As we sing this song, um, Craig or, or, and I will be in the back after the service, if you want to talk about uh, making a concrete decision like accepting Jesus or becoming a part of the church, we'll be glad to talk with you and meet with you one-on-one. -on -one. Let's stand as we sing, please.